Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, your birth for the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast. Joined by my friend, Senior Editor Simon Murray. Simon, what's going on? All good here. What's going on with you? Nothing too much. Just uh, I'm sitting back. I, I got some interesting mail the other day with our February issue. And normally when the mail arrives, I kind of quickly flip through to try to see if there's any major mistakes, see if this is my last issue or not. And uh, so far, a quick scan. It looks good. That's good. That, I'm glad to hear that. Winter Wanderlust. It looks really nice. Uh, down East Maine has never looked better. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's not Down East Maine. But that's where we tested the boat. I think yeah. It kind of looks like, I don't know, man. This it, It's obviously Sweden. And I don't think I saw this before when we were putting it together. But if I look really close, you can actually see on the shoreline all these like bright, multicolored homes, Northern Europe vibes. But it, it also looks like the Nimbus C11 could be cruising around Mount Everest. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy that you could boat in climates like this. It is. I mean, that's the that's the first thing you notice with this cover, or this issue, rather. I really am happy with how the cover came out. It's, yeah, it's obviously not literally where you tested the boat, but it's it's got that spirit of adventure, that feeling of versatility that this boat really evokes. I like the eagle or whatever bird that is. It almost seems yeah. like it's like it's fake. But I feel like it's not. I feel like they actually got that shot. They got the nice, you know, hamlet in the in the mountains in the shadow. The boat looks nice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have the mercs. That's okay though. It's very European. Uh, yeah, it looks great. Looks good. Yeah, it's it's pretty striking. It definitely gets the the wanderlust going. So, Simon, normally when I get these issues, like I said, I kind of flip through real quick, look for any errors, and then I put it on my shelf only to be looked at. Months later, kind of at the end of the year when we're entering into different industry awards or things like that. But I figured we're going to mix it up this year. We're going to force ourselves to crack it open, revisit some of our stories and the stories behind the stories and give some of our listeners kind of the inside scoop on what it's like to put this issue together. And we have charted a new course. We, we are opening doors that people have never opened before. It's amazing. That's that's it. You know, it kind of feels like that that meme. It's like what my friends think I do, what my parents think I do, what I actually do. And sometimes it's more glamorous than uh, some days are more glamorous than others. But uh, let's let's give a little a little peek behind the curtain and let's let's start off with our cover story. So you got on a new model from Nimbus and kind of tested it. It's it's not unusual to test a boat in Maine, but what was it like running this boat in Maine in the winter? Yeah, well, I mean, it was definitely chilly, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was too cold. I mean, I was wearing a parka, but we got some sun, so that was mm -hmm. nice. So it could have been mm -hmm. a lot colder than it was. Mm -hmm. Probably in like the 40s to 50s, which, you know, you can't take an open kind of boat out, a day boat in those right. conditions. Luckily, the C-11, it's got, you know, a pilot house. You could close it all up, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the folks that, own it really nice couple they are snowbirds 
Mm -hmm. So, like the story kind of suggests. So, yeah, we had a nice trip to go pick up their dog. Um, I don't know. Like, Nimbus is a cool brand. I I didn't know too much about them, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, They obviously are of that Scandinavian kind of DNA. The the one that I'm certainly familiar with, just because we've worked with them probably the most over the years, is Axopar. Right. Definitely give Axopar vibes. Um, The one difference is, you know, Axopar, while it's a Finnish company, they're built in Poland. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, the Polish people make, you know, a lot of great boats. um, So that's no big deal. But the Nimbus is designed and built in Sweden. So that's just a, you know, slight differential between the two. Um, Sure. And yeah, the boat was a lot of fun to drive. I mean, it's certainly like that's one of the funny things. It's like who we write for are people that can afford this kind of stuff. Um, so it's always kind of difficult to pick out or to nitpick with mm-hmm. what boats because their bank account or their wallet looks a lot different than mine. So like, you know, maybe they wouldn't mind so much that the boat doesn't have great gas economy, but it's certainly not bad either. It's it's not terrible, and you're it's designed to go fast, so mm-hmm. you make more stops at the fuel dock, like I wrote. But I think for most people, they won't care because you know you get to go, you know, thirty five knots, and you know you're burning fifty two point six gallons per hour, give or take, mm-hmm. uh, a range of one hundred and fifty one miles at the top end. But are most people going to be cruising around all day like that? Probably not. So. Yeah, it was a cool boat. It's cool to see how people, you know, boat in different climates, different places. You know, Maine is certainly different than Florida. I'm down here. I'm down in Boca right now in South Florida. And, you know, it's very different. Like the person that's going to buy this boat in Maine is mm-hmm. completely different than the person that's going to buy this boat in Miami or Fort Lauderdale. So, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to, you know, go to different places to test boats and see how people use it you know like i said we we ran to an island that's only accessible by boat which Mm -hmm. is crazy like would you would you want to live in a a house in maine that's only accessible by boat even though you love boats would you want to confine yourself to that (laughs) environment certain days maybe after a busy boat show season that uh spot on an island in the middle of nowhere sounds kind of nice but uh no i think after a couple of years of isolation i'm I'm ready to be back with the people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like from a practical sense, I don't even know. Like, there, I think there's a ferry that goes there, mm-hmm. but like, cold winters in Maine on an island is just crazy. Like, I, you know, who knows those people? I, that 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 wasn't the couple that I went went with. It was her. It was their daughter and her family. But wow, I mean, that's wild. When's the last time you've been to Maine? Because the last times I've been to Maine were for stories, and I was just wondering, like. In the pandemic era, have you gone to Maine recently? The last time I was up, I think I mostly go for work stories also. And I think the last time I was up was actually, oddly enough, in winter when I was on the Lyman Morris, that LM57, the Hood 57 LM rather. And uh, that was really dead of Maine, below freezing temperatures. And uh, it's something kind of charming and peaceful about it. But it gets old very fast. It's uh, it's not for me for the long term. No, it's you got to be hardy folk to live in that region of the country and suffer through winter like that. Yeah, I, I I haven't been there in 
just for like my own, just for a trip, you know, outside of work in a while. I was just wondering. Yeah. You know, I, I really enjoyed the Nimbus story. I hope the readers and listeners do too. It's such an interesting boat and I can really see why this style is exploding in popularity. In many ways, it seems like it could fully open up with the sunroofs, the doors and the aft doors and the outboard power to really compete with the openness of a center console. But you're in that shoulder season. You want to cruise Maine in October, for example. You know, you could easily sleep. Well, maybe not easily, but you have two couples there. A family of four could accommodate for I could stay on for a long weekend. Easy. And then it's it's really has the versatility. I think that's what it has going for it to go from open to enclosed just with the sliding of a couple windows is is a nice trick. Take it out in Florida, close up mm-hmm. all the doors, like you were mentioning, the windows, and crank up the AC if you want to, too. So it does have, you know, it is versatile. Yeah, it's fun both to drive. I mean, you know, it's got the twin-step hole and that rocket shape, rocket ship-looking mm-hmm. you know, hole, hole shape. Very cool. What else in the issue jumps out at you? Well... You know, I think we'd be remiss for not bringing up our Aussie contributor who just basically shoved different kinds of coolers out of a out of a pickup truck going 37 <laughs> miles an hour just to see how they would hold up. I mean, I have done decent amount of gear tests being here, and I can say that I've never thought of that. Like, kudos to those crazy people down under for just, you know, throwing a cooler out of a car. I, I love that. It's a great idea. No, I talk about being right up our alley. That story by Dan Everett. He takes a few of today's most modern coolers, Pelican, Yeti, and a couple others, and really puts them through the torture test. And something that I've certainly wanted to do for a while, and something we we did try a few years ago, where, you know, are these coolers from Yeti? Are they really worth the money? And which one holds ice better? Which one could be better torture tested? And like you said, there's something so satisfying about that opening spread where you see three coolers being chucked from the back of a moving pickup truck that uh, it's just something very power and out about that. I want to do the same thing. I, I, I got to figure out something to throw out of a car or <laughs> a boat. The problem with the boat is that it doesn't have the same climactic like impact. You just It just sinks. So I don't, yeah. know, I don't know how we replicate something close to that. I, I got to think about it. We're going we're gonna to save that one for a next brainstorming session. But uh, maybe we'll toss a sea bob from like, a flybridge onto a deck that might that might just be like really costly for everybody involved. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> if C Bob is listening, we're we're not gonna throw it from the flybridge. We still like to borrow a few though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, you know the one thing I really like about the cooler story is that a lot of stories in the magazine, like especially Diane Burns trend piece about sport fishing super yachts, it's it's only attainable to a certain level of people, but I always when we make these magazines, I always like to think what is in here for the everyman? What's in here for your entry level boater, the guy just getting into the sport? And the cooler, the cooler piece really hit that mark. Same as Waypoint. You know, anybody can go to a certain destination. I thought you were about to say the super yacht sport fish, and I was about to be like, wait a second. <laughs> you guys you can't have <laughs> Yeah. No, that's uh I mean the really cool trend piece. It's it's amazing to see always what happens at the most the you know the pinnacle of affluence, but because uh, it always has a way of trickling down into the boats that are more in our wheelhouse. But uh, no, a, a sport fishing fed ship is is not for everyone, believe it or not. It's just I mean now that we're on that topic, it's just wild to me. Even the you know the renderings that they shared with us that we printed, 
it's like, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. Obviously, you want to have a big, you know, mega yacht that you can go, you know, all around the world. And, you know, if you have the money, spend it to your heart's content, you know, mm-hmm. take it out. Uh, but, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, in a way, it kind of defeats the purpose of taking a sport fish out because you want to be feel close to the water. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at just, like, the, the rendering of the project for four oh yeah. And it's just mm-hmm. like all this boat that you got, it looks like the, maybe it's just my eyes deceive me, but like the aft deck where you got the fighting chair looks like the same size you'd find in a Viking. So something's yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, I think the truth is these are really, these are super yachts first and foremost that then get altered so they could sport, so you could sport fish it's, yeah. to your point. Yeah, you're probably right. So it's like the four, the four or five decks, however many decks it has. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wild but yeah right it's like you're, you're gonna do that every so often mm-hmm. and you just walk down from your master stateroom in like the fourth level of this thing and just go you know hop on the chair and yeah so i mean yeah it's a cool it's definitely a cool piece though i mean it's the pictures are unbelievable the superstructure yeah. being placed on the whole is just mind-boggling it kind of looks like you know, we're both from the tri-state area. You remember the, um, I think they finally built it, but like the, that like indoor skiing thing that was next to MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Where, like, play in the Jets. It, it was like this like, you know, eyesore looking thing. And it just really, it's kind of got the same scope of like, wow, this thing is gigantic. Because mm-hmm. next to that crane, it's just unbelievable. It's how big it is. Right. Yeah. So I guess, I guess bringing things down to size a little bit we we as always covered a, a number of new boats outside of the nimbus we had newest ones from beneteau horizon we had uh, some drawing board boats from maritimo and viking they have some interesting boats on display out of out of all the new boats we covered if you had to borrow one for the summer we also had the azimuth 68 wh- which one which one would you would you take they threw you the keys and said bring it back in september Oh man, it's a tough one. Between the new boats, I mean, I, I would, I would probably kind of favor maybe the Maritimo and drawing board, but obviously that mm. boat hasn't been built yet. Uh, but I'd probably pack up that Horizon. I mean, I, I was guessing like, that one for you. What really? I, yeah, well, you're, 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 you're a pretty social guy, and you got a big, a big family, and that one looked like the boat that you could cram it with family and friends and still have some space. I mean, that's the thing that this is a spaceship through and through. I mean, it's a long time coming too, if we're going to be honest, cause I <laughs> haven't taken my, my family has gotten no perks from this job. So they're like, well, no wonder they don't listen to the podcast. They don't read any of my stories. It's like a, a level. This will be the one. This will yeah. be the one. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't, they, they're just on strike really. Cause I haven't taken money boat trips, but no, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, no, it would be great to do that. Uh, so what about you? What's your... I knew this question was coming since I asked it, but uh, right down to the wire, I, I think I go with the Beneteau GT45. It's uh, I, I, I really like the boat for one of the reasons, like we talked about the Nimbus, it goes from incredibly open. It, aft, there's this monstrous window and a door and the biggest sunroof I've ever seen. Uh, right when you're in the in the main area by the helm, there's other windows on the side. When this thing is fully open, it's stupid to say, but it's it's the openness rivals the center console. You're very connected with the water. 
But then the same thing, you close everything up, whether it's you're down in Florida and it's super hot or you're cruising up in New England. That versatility was really cool. And I just think a boat I'd be able to operate. I think I think that 45 is uh, it's just like a really nice family boat. So if they're if Benito's listening and they want to drop one off for a few months, I'd be the willing, willing participant. A few months in cold Connecticut. So maybe maybe hold off for a couple months and then get it for a couple months. But this this is fair, although the snowbird lifestyle is calling me more and more. It ain't bad. One of the images, one of the pictures that we ran has the sunroof like wide mm-hmm. up. Is that like everything it looks like it is? It's one of the biggest sunroofs in its category. It is just simply monstrous. It's to the fact to the point where you're in a hard overturn. It's actually easier to look out the sunroof to what to be looking around you. It's I mean, which is cool because that speaks to the boat's sportiness. But you're using this as a navigation tool. It's it, I can't explain to you how big it is and and how open it makes everything. Yeah, that's that is a crazy example right there. I, I guess I'm also focusing right now on probably because I haven't eaten anything, but the chicken satay being oh, I'm with you back there it looks amazing. They also like really just blew out the spread in some of these shots with the models. Like that that melon looks great. Is that cantaloupe? Like that looks amazing. And yeah, I, I yeah hope real. No, I I'm jealous. Doing the melon. There's there's a bottle of rum here. I had some pretty sad looking toast this morning. So uh, which just kind of goes for the cold Connecticut weather. But uh, yeah, I would like the, to be there right now. Got the rosé to wash it down. That's a <laughs> that's a nice day on the water. Yeah, no kidding. Well, speaking of nice days on the water, you went out to Wisconsin, right? That's right. Yep. And I guess yeah. I'm facetious because I don't think it was a nice day on the water, right? I mean, no. It, yeah. You know, that's that's one of the things that I don't know if many people know about our job. Again, talking about the what we really do is a lot of travel and logistics and negotiations. So. I did a long time coming. I went out to the cruisers factory and I was going to be getting aboard the, uh, it was the 34 GLS. Unfortunately, go all the way there, book the hotels. We had some really snotty conditions that we weren't able to go out in. And, uh, which ended up in some ways almost being a blessing because I had the opportunity to tour the factory and man, I just, I really love the ability to see behind the scenes into what goes into a boat. It was also interesting because cruisers recently acquired the Carver facility. So, and that was really a step back in time because that had been shut down for a number of years and only recently, a number of months ago, revived. And then both facilities, the entire cruisers company was acquired by Marimax. So it really worked out to be a coincidence that I got to see this, these facilities at a really interesting crossroads in their history where they have Carver from the past and Marimax acquiring them into the future. And it's something that I really hope we could do more of in in giving people a look behind the scenes. When you get to see, you know, there was, I remember a couple of women that were running miles and miles of wiring and kind of wrapping it up in this kit to be delivered to the boat and installed by the electrical team. And it was the kind of thing that you got to see the attention to detail. You got to see how they had a machine that labeled every single little wire that goes into this into this huge package and eventually powers the boat. And I, I think lastly, the thing I love so impressed with is I, th- I think of these cruisers boats and I always associate them with the Florida shows or Florida tests, like kind of like we talked about, but 
that these boats are built so far away uh, in the shadow of Green Bay, you know, just in the, in the middle of farm country with pickup trucks and cow pastures and wide open plains. It's just amazing to see the hardworking men and women of this country bringing these luxury boats to life. Yeah, and like, you know, the story was really interesting. It's obviously more of a photo essay, but, you know, the the reporting you did was great. And and I think the, the part maybe that stuck out the most to me was that women, and I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm only singing the praises here, like women were working all the same jobs as men yes. in these very difficult, physically intensive, laborious positions. And yeah. can you say that you've seen that in any other builder before? I ha- I have, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to visit different yards around the world and you know, predominantly it's a little bit of a stereotype, but based on my observations, there was a lot of women in upholstery and in in fabrics and sewing and things like that. To see them working again every stage, fiberglass, you know, all the way through to electrical, it, it was unique. And I I said as much to Matt Van Grusen, and he was like, you know, this is just the way it's always been here. It's not a new thing. This is just part of our Midwest blue collar hardworking DNA. And uh, yeah, I, I also was taken by that. I wonder too, if that's like a look into the future of like mass production uh, in this country, like when, as kind of, you know, as, as we produce more things in the States again, I wonder if, you know, more women will kind of be willing to pick up a hammer or, you know, mm-hmm. a saw or whatever, get into carpentry. I, I, I think I'm, I'm saying women, but I think younger people too. It's like, I think that's going to be the big change is like men and women, you know, younger than us mm-hmm. in building boats and all, all manner of things. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a cool thing. Yeah, it is. And it's uh, really one of the crux of the story. I don't want to give it all away is that we're seeing labor shortages in the boat building industry around the world there from Australia to the UK to Wisconsin to Maine, you know, everywhere, you know, there's such high demand brought on by the pandemic that people, quite frankly, can't get enough workers. So it's always interesting to see how they're attracting new talent, who they're trying to attract. And I think it's really interesting next few years to see who joins the boat building ranks. Or maybe just no boats are built anymore. Or maybe they stop building boats. That's <laughs> the, way, the way it seems, it's like they, they can't fill these, these positions. It's like, where are these people coming from? I'm kind of yeah. being be a little tongue-in-cheek but like yeah i mean things have got to change pretty fast i think or else i think somebody called it a silver tsunami of just they're mm-hmm. just leaving en masse and mm-hmm. man that's that's not good for us or anybody but i'm 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 of the op- optimistic mindset i am sure that people will rise to the occasion mm-hmm. uh, as they have in the past but you know things like the metaverse and wearing VR goggles, that doesn't help us either. People are just logging into like a matrix looking thing and not willing to, you know, learn tools of the trade and carpentry and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing because technology is also filling a lot of, you know, a big portion of the boat building process when you're seeing these, you know, unbelievable six axis routers and, and things like that. And the CNC machines that are really automating a lot of the process. I've never seen any boat builder really be able to go without the one main ingredient that comes with building these boats. And that's just hardworking men and women. It's, it's very much still the reality for the boat building market. 
It's great. And, and, you know, I, we should mention that we have made it uh, carve careers in this industry by not doing that. So we are very lucky. And every time I see somebody working the line, you know, man or woman, I'm always blown away because it's like day in, day out. That's amazing to wake up, drink some coffee and get, you know, get back on the grind. Right. Can't really call anything else a grind because it doesn't really live up to it. No, they are. I mean, I, I would have to go back to, I would have to actually pre-read my own story, but you know, they were, these are super early risers. They are, they're getting in there, I believe five or six o'clock in the morning every day working on their feet. And it definitely, as I sit here in my rolly chair in my basement, it doesn't, uh, it just gives me such profound respect for how hard they work. And, and you got to think Wisconsin winters also. So they're coming in, it's dark for the first few hours, it's freezing cold. And, uh, but I think, I see a lot of pride in what they're doing too. It's there's a lot of you know pride in the finished product. One thing that really blew me away as I went through the Carver facility was in a couple of different locations they had these posters kind of like hung up on the walls, and they had different quotes from different magazines. And actually, most of them were from past issues of Paramodia, which I really thought was was so cool. But it was it was something like that it was in the carpentry shop, and a couple of the posters said. The joinery work is exquisite. The joinery work is best. The carpentry here is best, best in class. Just one line from a story 20 years ago, and it still hangs up on the wall, and it's still something people look at day in and day out and say, you know, I want to be the best in, in what I do. And uh, and that's pretty enviable. I'm going to drive down to Midnight Express down in the Miami <laughs> with one of my great lines from one of their stories and just hang it up on the wall and just walk out. I'm just going to pretend I, I worked there. Just Because so uh, otherwise, I don't know if I'm getting that. But they, yeah. they, move, they move it to the closet or something. It'd be so heartbreaking. <laughs> I know. I've never gotten one of my quotes on the wall of a factory. That's uh, But a new, a new goal, a new well, challenge. And what you're saying between, I mean, the people in Wisconsin bring a lot to mind of the people in Maine. Mm -hmm. It's like, I wonder if there's a story idea there like, you know, who's got the tougher, you know, climate? I mean, it's very mm -hmm. similar. I almost mm -hmm. want, like, let's do, like, uh, you know, um, arm wrestling contest or something to see once and for all who's the, just, like, the roughest, toughest, you know, builders in the in the industry. It, it, I mean, both are, you know, both both regions are just mind-boggling how they how they do it. Yeah, yeah, they, they like I said, you grow, they grow them hardier and, and tougher over there for sure. No kidding. So, I mean, this is it's a pretty good sampling assignment. I don't want to give too much away from our issue. Anything else you want to touch on? Do we want to do, do we want to do the, the funniest line? Yeah, if uh, I, I thought that would be good, you know, because what what jumps out of you as the funniest, the funniest line in the issue? Let's try it out of context first. Out of context. OK, so I'll just read it then, I guess. And then, you know, I'm not going to say where it's from the line. Uh -huh. itself, I mean, I was trying to find something that really like made me laugh at the time and then mm -hmm. I couldn't really think about it. So then I'm really, I'm right now I'm just going back to something that still makes me like chuckle, I guess mm -hmm. inside, maybe not a full laugh out loud, but okay. Quote, I can't tell you which once prominent builder boat builder had such an acute labor shortage that they actually bust in prison labor from the local penitentiary for the final year or so of their existence. The company is now out of business and their buildings have been sold to another boat building company with generally upstanding citizens on the payroll. So sleep well on your 2016 
I mean, to me, I want, and I'm, I'm not going to get into it. I just want to know. I just want to know one thing. Do you know what that's referring to? I, I have I have a couple uh, I have a couple of guesses here, but uh, wow, okay. we're gonna we're gonna leave that to the to the mystery of the readers. But no, the the story you're you're quoting from was one of our funnier ones from the the always lighthearted yacht designer Bill Prince's inside angle. And this in this past issue in February, he talks about all the things that he's not allowed to say in his column. And when I first got the submission. You know, the original deal was he's going to bounce these ideas off me before he started writing them. He did it with this one. So when it came in and I read that first that first uh, deck to the story, there are things I can't, the things I can say in this column and things I can't. This is about the latter. I uh, I just about had a full-blown heart attack. So thank you, uh, Bill Prince, for that. It was, thankfully, it was very lighthearted and uh, somewhat tame. But that guy's definitely got the dirt on more than a couple of builders. Wait, hold up, Dan. I'm, I'm actually getting a call from Active Interest Media. Uh, the, <laughs> the lawyers, they want to talk to us. Which is amazing because this isn't even recorded live. So <laughs> <laughs> They just had a sick sense about it. Just not again. So no, yeah, that... so that was that's kind of an easy, you know, layup. But what's, mm-hmm. what's yours? I mean, because honestly, I was just thinking about it. And, you know, it, I think this is this is like a category unto itself. Like, this should be an award to bring levity and humor to to boating is not as easy as maybe people imagine it to be no and unfortunately i got a punt on this one because i was also i had a very similar line in mind from uh (laughs) from inside angle Uh, any other line would have been totally self-serving because it was from one of my pieces and probably only me and my parents left but uh no i think the idea of mixing humor into the magazine is a huge challenge and it's one that I think we rise to the occasion, and I think it sets us apart from all other marine magazines. It's just the the self our staff is serious, but doesn't take ourselves too seriously. And the ability to poke fun at yourself, be self self deprecating, and and lighthearted. That's that's what this sport is all about. You know, sometimes I read other magazines that it's just so serious and so stuffy. And someone someone once told me if if you're not having fun in marine journalism, you're doing it wrong. And I, that's something I try to live by. Who was that person? Because I think it's the same person. I don't know, because I've, I've heard that like a million times from, from a couple different people. But uh, I'm actually thinking there was a, a line in one of Charlie Levine's past stories that we got T-shirts made up of. And uh, one of his lines in the Ten Commandments of Fishing was, if you, if you aren't having fun, you're not doing it right. That's that's probably the most recent reference. Yeah, and like the like the deck in, in Captain Bill Pike's Uncharted Waters column. Don't be deterred. Just keep on keeping on. I mean, that's, you know, that's a good way to live. And especially in boating, yeah. it's like, there's a lot of people that, you know, probably put too much emphasis on, you know, the amount of money that's in the sport or trying to have the biggest boat to, for reasons that we all, you know, can mm-hmm. realize. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? And the same thing with writing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's, that's so key. Yeah, when I talked to uh, Matt Howard on one on an earlier podcast, a broker with United Yacht Sales, he had a great line about you know it doesn't matter if, you know if you're on a super yacht, a sailboat, powerboat. He says it's it's about being on the water and having fun and and hopefully there's a little something in here for everyone. I hope there is. I think so. Yeah, I think there's you know it really kind of covers everything, all the bases. I mean, you know you got 
you got winter wanderlust pretty much nailed down and uh mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. most of our readers are you know not stuck indoors uh in the northeast hopefully they're either snowbirds or live full-time and you know warmer climbs but if you are mm-hmm. stuck inside you know seeing this it really makes you kind of thankful or just makes you realize that like i think that's what the northeast kind of has that maybe other regions doesn't is like we experience all the seasons so like mm-hmm. if you look at the boating season as such more of a treasure something to be treasured than maybe other people who just <laughs> get to live it every day but yeah it's I, such a good it's such a good point and i think that's gonna be the topic of a future discussion is uh north versus south and uh you know w- once and for all which which is better is, is gonna be a, a pretty fun debate we'll get some of our colleagues on here but uh no, I'm I'm certainly ready for summer. This this issue makes me uh, really want to be out on the water. So I hope it gives everyone that feeling. I think so. I think so. I think it'll should should we give uh, a slight tease? Uh, is there anything you're working on at the moment for a future issue? What can readers expect in the works? I mean, a lot of things. Um, as is the nature of this job. Not everything works out, but uh, certainly, you know, one of the things is chasing a big name in the industry, Shep McKinney, um, mm-hmm. who has, you know, you know, basically brought the Hinkley picnic boat to life with mm-hmm. the jet driven engines and, uh, you know, adding the joystick to all mm-hmm. that fleet package. Yeah, uh, and, you know, he's worked with Seakeeper. He's just kind of say, he, he founded a little manufacturing company, right? Yeah, I don't think many people you know, <laughs> know about it, <laughs> but it's actually kind of crazy. The people I've talked to just here and there, they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, that's that's cool. What What, what is that guy done again? And then you mentioned, you know, Hinkley and Hinkley stands out. And it's like, it's like, no, this dude is also behind Seakeeper, too. Like, yeah. even one of those would be crazy that he's behind both. It's just insane. No, sorry. It's going to be it's going to be a fascinating profile. I mean, we talk about people that have truly changed boating the invention of the sea keeper and the founding of sea keeper has is now impacted everything from center consoles to super sport fishermen and everything in between to me he stands out like a like a ray hunt type figure a guy who really changed the sport and we're excited to uh see what your day with him is like a true innovator yeah i don't know if you know many of the listeners or readers even know the name i don't know if it stands out as well as i mean I think we all realize that we have a big Hinkley following based on mm-hmm. you know, the things that we've done on social media with best boat brackets yeah. and that kind of stuff. The Hinkley, I think, was far and away the most voted boat, yeah. picnic boat. But, you know, for most people, I think, you know, if you don't own a Hinkley or even if you do, I, I don't think his his achievements have really made it as big as a Ray Hunt or one of the more well-known names in the industry. So, yeah, I'm interested to find out more from him. Chasing a couple stories, you know, one in British Columbia, the other in Norway that I'm really excited about. And yeah, I mean, the the sky's the limit this year. We'll hopefully be getting back out there more as much as we possibly can. And uh, I think our listeners and our readers have a lot of interesting things to look forward to. Anything that you're chasing? Well, you know, it's been a one of the slight challenges of the job recently has been there's such an inventory shortage where in the past you'd see a boat at a boat show. The manufacturer would hold on to it for a few weeks so we could get a board and different members of the press can get a board. But right now with such a backlog, people, you know, might be waiting a couple of years for a boat. So they are 
getting a little harder to track down. But as we get closer to the Miami show, I, see, I notice a lot of boats are starting to open up. There's a Sunseeker 65 Predator that's uh, awaiting me, thankfully, down in Florida in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, I could bring a, maybe a couple of special guests on that one. There's uh, a new Swift Trawler from Beneteau and, and a number of boats making their debut in the upcoming months that uh, I'm looking forward to chasing. It's, it's time to get back on the water. I, I have the, the Birch and 28s in the driveway. We had this bad windstorm the other day, so it, it blew my tarp all to shreds. And uh, so I had to cut that up, throw it out. And then wouldn't you know it, the next day it snows. So I'm, I look out my window and I see a very sad looking Bertram with now a half an inch of snow on it. It is just uh, it is a sad sight. And I cannot wait to get into the uh, into the sunny south as soon as possible it's today, safe, even safe to say that you have winter wanderlust staring at <laughs> your little cabin at that. That's sad, man. That's I've never heard of that before. That that uh, that's brutal. That's brutal. No, it's it's especially unique as you drive up the street and you see you have the snow covered boat and it's like oh, it breaks my heart. So I'm coming. I'm coming down there. Uh, I'll go see if I get a flight this afternoon. I'm going to come crash with you. Let's do it. All right, we get get to work on that next new issue. But uh, everyone, if you want to check out the February issue, it'll be landing on doorsteps at any time. And we have some really exciting issues in the wings. Please support us by subscribing at pmymag.com/slash-subscribe. Until then, we'll see you on the water. And Simon, I'll see you soon. And we will see the AIM uh, lawyers as soon as possible, too. Can't wait to talk oh, to you. Oh, God. They're calling me now. I got to go. See you later, Simon. Later. Thank you for listening to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating. Or you can share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF. Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you on the water.